0: Are you making the same mistakes I did? Putting a ton of time in for no results But well, we hear you, but we're here to help You don't have to do this by yourself You just gotta tune in the Nectar Blueprint Let Dr. Todd show you how to do it Don't got no time to waste, let's go This is Nectar Blueprint, let's start the show oh Hey, and welcome back once again to yet another edition of uh, the Nectar Blueprint Lessons from Legends. And we're going to talk about a a two-way street today, Um, a two-way street. And specifically, if you jumped into this, you already read the title, The Top Four Myths of an Integrated Practice. So I want to cover specifically an integrated practice and uh, what does that really mean? what does that look like in general um, if you're a doctor listening to this? And if you're actually a, um, um, just the general public that stumbled across this that to get some information on what you should be looking for uh, in your overall healthcare um, um, team, uh, a team that's going to help you um, beyond what we know um, in traditional approaches is a integrated team and doctors um, this could be a chiropractor um, looking um, towards how do i integrate how do i offer some more services to um, the people i'm already seeing? how do we level up our our um, services and add more value to what we bring and and if you're a, on the other side in the medical why um, you would want to have an overall integrated team, which includes potentially bringing a chiropractor, naturopath um, on board and what that would look like. Now, there's a couple things that have to go on. And this is kind of my, I'll tell a little bit of my story and um, lay a foundation for um, how I got to the Nectar Blueprint and developing the Nectar Um, as a chiropractor Uh, Essentially, my scope of practice um, puts me into um, spine-related issues, um, and then nutrition was a big part of it. And even in nutrition, we can make recommendations for supplementation, um, targeted uh, nutritional therapies, and um, very well-trained to do so. If you're a chiropractor listening to this, you know most of your biochemistry, and most of... uh, um, um, your classes were focused on this. Yes, we had a lot of spine from diagnosing um, spinal conditions um, to subluxation theory and treatment, but um, there was a lot of, um, if you're fortunate like me, we had biochemistry that was intertwined with nutrition. So nutrition was a big part of it. Why? Well, because chiropractors are traditionally the leaders of alternative therapies of what we call alternative therapies which you've heard me before say that they shouldn't be alternative. They should be mainstream and um, risky medications and risky surgeries should be alternative therapies. Um, So we flipped the script on that. And this is why an integrated approach is the approach that's going to be um, the necessity for the future. And I'll lay some foundation for that, but we also want to cover some of the myths of like um, what I hear when I'm um, talking with other um, uh, practitioners that want to do something similar to this yet um, haven't moved in that direction. And uh, um, these are their, uh, their, I call them myths because um, once we investigate the question or the statement, um, they don't hold any truths and in fact can be um, flipped upside down and looked at from uh, a different different, uh, standpoint. And we're going to go through those top four um, today and lay that foundation. And again, I just encourage you if you are just the general public, I know I have um, a, a bunch of the people that we take care of listening to this podcast. And so even though I'm talking specifically at doctors and, the, and, the, and um, uncovering these myths and helping um, doctors understand um, why this is such an important approach, um, as a lay public, you can actually um, learn a lot from this as what you want in your healthcare team. Okay. There are um uh there's growing trends, if you will, and i lay a foundation for this, there's growing trends in healthcare of 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 medical doctors getting out of traditional streams of medicine because of growing trends of you um public wanting something different. And I hear this all the time and I've said this many, many times, and I will I will continue to use this statement that um, if you continue to go to a steak restaurant and ask for pizza you're going to become frustrated and i and I have this conversation with a lot of people um on a weekly basis that you know they go and submit themselves into a medical model and then get frustrated that medicine is the only uh tool now diagnostics aside meaning that beautiful medicine is beautiful on on the equipment they have and the and uh um, the access to labs and being able to do blood work and diagnostic CT scans and and uh, EKGs and ECGs and all the things that are necessary to be able to come up with a diagnosis unmatched. Um, and a practitioner like myself, it's very hard to afford a lot of that equipment to be able to do those things. We, we're we constantly utilizing that anyways, referring that out. Hey, can we get this done? Can we get that done? Um, which is which is understandable. Um, um, but outside those diagnostics, as far as treatment goes, um, the public is asking for more and more. And so like, look, I don't want the medicine that you're going to offer me. Well, you can't go knocking on medicine's door for a diagnosis that's going to end up in a medicinal approach. And they be mad that you got prescribed these medicines that when you read the side effects have all sorts of, um, issues that you don't want to participate in and i know that sounds blunt and it's it's direct to the point but we have to have these real conversations with with everybody um because a lot of people haven't defined what they want out of health and most of that is because there's not that many hasn't been that many leaders standing up standing up and saying hey health could be different um where we're actually working on things naturally to help people gain health versus trying to mask uh symptoms and treat with um, risky medications that usually create a spiral, always create a spiral down where we're trying to catch some of the side effects with other medications. And I'll give you some examples. I mean um, uh, Lipitor is a great example or some of the statins that are out there that are now um, that uh, coming out that reducing cholesterol, and this has always been my, my um, yell from the mountaintops is that we don't necessarily wanna reduce cholesterol. There's some genetic tendencies for high cholesterol, but we're finding cholesterol obviously is transporter mechanism of fats. And we know now that they are a vital transporter of fats to the brain. So if we shut down cholesterol and specifically that fat going to the brain, now we're starting to link um, these cholesterol meds with a uh, dementia, early onset a dementia and Alzheimer's. Now that I, I get it, there's other components to that, but, um, but we look at that history and, and in um, traditional medicine, that history repeats itself. And this is not picking on doctors because doctors get trained in, um, in medical school and they walk out doing what they are supposed to be doing. Just like I walked out of chiropractic school, knowing a model and um, you know, I've adapted new models over time because we learn more. But in medicine, it's just like if you have high cholesterol, we could dump that because it causes cardiovascular issues, cardiovascular disease, placking of the arteries. Um, and so that's my model, right? I go after that model if I'm running blood work and I'm, I'm, I'm helping new patient become less of a cardiovascular risk factor by doing this. Well, we can't make a good case for that anymore. And and again, the uh, early 1980s and early 90s when Lipitor hit hit the market, um, it, it's clear to see that it was pushed by big pharma. Now we've all seen documentaries like dope sick, uh, uh, that, um, see uh, kind of pulls curtain back on how medicine has been manipulated. And it is really tragic because I, I do believe there's, there's some potential life saving and there's some really, really powerful things in medicine. And I work side by side with a medical doctor who's brilliant at, um, and getting to some root issues and finding and even diagnosing some rare, rare, rare issues and conditions that can be um, uh, that can be treated and um, and help in improvement of health. But that's not everybody. And um, so the the challenge that exists is that um, we ha- have a market place, if you will, in healthcare that has now been flooded with um, a step off of medical doctors, where um, nurse practitioners and PAs are coming in and um, running the running a lot of the shows. And uh, again, very, very, very educated, but not educated at the level of the medical doctor. And there's stuff being missed. There's stuff being missed all the time. And this is just, yes, is from personal experience when we refer people out um, that, uh, for specific issues and these issues are being missed, or we're finding issues that haven't been addressed or even isolated. And And so, in, here ensues the marketplace. Now, people getting frustrated in the medical community are going to drive um, uh, the marketplace to, um, to move in a direction to be able to serve people more naturally, um, more holistically, with <clears throat> still the components of diagnostics to be able to say, hey, we are finding these issues. What are our truths in your body, truths in your health and how it's working And instead of the medicinal approach, why don't we try some more natural approaches that are directed towards that diagnosis? I think it's beautiful. And this is why an integrated practice has to be considered as the practice of the future and where the marketplace is going to dive into. Are you a natural healthcare provider that is tired of trading time for money? a chiropractor, naturopath, homeopathic doctor, even a medical doctor that's tired of the mainstream healthcare system and desire a blueprint to integrate the latest and greatest in science and natural approaches to clinical outcomes. Things like advanced nutritional protocols, IV therapies, IV nutritional therapies, like major autohemotherapy hemotherapy ultraviolet blood irradiation, things like regenerative joint medicine, medical weight loss, or even stem cell therapies, then I have a blueprint for you. If you're a patient that's suffering with chronic disease, a degenerative joint, or a stuck metabolism that can't lose weight, then we have a protocol for you. Drop me a DM now for a one-on-one conversation to how we're helping doctors and patients be able to get the outcomes they desire to transform their lives, to transform their bodies, to optimize their health with a blueprint today. Now, also, you have medical doctors looking at this and saying, "Well, this is a this is a cash model. Why is it a cash model? Well, it it is a cash model because most of the insurance companies will not cover more natural uh, approaches and therapies. I'll give you an example. I can bill through our medical team, our integrated model. We can bill for an um, for an IV, and the reimbursement." is depending on the type of IV, um, the reimbursement's around 28 bucks for an IV. Now, if I put uh, $50 worth of vitamin C in there, say another $25 worth of um, B vitamins and uh, the IV set, uh, the IV fluids, uh, the, the, you can see the cost comparisons where it's like, well, I, we can't do this in insurance models and lose 75% of, um, of, of the cost. And lose money. So it becomes this model where people have to pay cash for it. Now, we can get into the corruption that exists, no doubt, um, between insurance models and pharma, pharma to insurance, insurance to pharma, how insurance continues to uh, manipulate things. So they become the subsidiary between pharma and the patient um, and are making money off of uh, both ends. So they charge the patient and make money to charge the pharma. and make money and back and forth. And uh, the corruption that exists, I don't think I need to cover very very much because most people that I, I speak with, including medical doctors, understand this. Um, and uh, it's become corrupt because now we have um, government agencies that are involved in all these things. Um, uh, the FDA uh, potentially uh, has, as I speak, just rained down on um, uh, a couple different avenues. One, peptides, which I think is, uh, is atrocious it is bad science, it is corrupt, that they would even uh, put these peptides on a watch list. And I can go down through the scientific process and what has to happen for these peptides to be co- included in a safe, safe zone for the, um, the FDA. Um, and I can do comparisons, for instance, how they piggyback um, medicines um and come up with a new medicine, but they they basically put in it under an old patent and they can get medicines pushed through without any of the double blind placebo control trials and and um, you know, um safety boards and and all of these types of things that go with and all the costs for these types of things. And of course peptides being more natural product, um natural um uh treatment aspect of of overall healthcare um I, this is just not going to have the funding to be able to do that. So, um, And not going to have the lobbies, lobbyists, if you will, to go at the FDA and say, hey, can we get this pushed through? So if we, if we start to recognize these types of things, but also recognize that there's a, a growing trend of the public being disenchanted with the traditional model of medicine, um, you're going to see a lot of medical doctors that are not obviously uh, immune to seeing this that want to move that direction. And so I use like Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Uh, Peter Atea. There's a ton more, but they're they're talking about more of this longevity medicine. They're talking about regenerative medicine. They're going down this path of most of this is cash and carry. It's outside the insurance model. Um, some of it uh, might even um, uh, not be on the FDA's radar um, or is a gray area, like you talk stem cells and peptides and things like that, Okay. Um, but we, uh, just laying the foundation for these trends, people are frustrated. And and again, I come full circle to talk about the the evolving medical model where we're putting PAs and MPs, which nothing against them. They're great people. They're very well trained, but they're in a system that requires them to oftentimes see a certain amount of uh, uh, people like you take an urgent care. They have to see a certain amount of people to um, be able to be considered an urgent care one. They have to be open a certain amount of hours. Um, including Saturdays and like weekends. Um, and, uh, it, it it becomes this very superficial model, um, to be able to be viable, meaning in order for them to pay their bills, um, to make a little money and, um, be able to take care of people. It becomes this superficial model of medicine where a lot of things are, are missed. Meaning it's like, if it, if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, then the duck gets this treatment. That's it. We're not going to dive deeper into that. And oftentimes we're like, hey, go to another physician, a specialist. And, and uh, um, if this doesn't get better, go see a specialist. We don't want to see you back. Okay. So that's what I, traditionally medicine was all about diagnostics and trying to get to deep rooted and, and save, save people and improve the human condition, which again, in emergency medicine, we can make an argument that that's happening. But in uh, traditional, um, uh, you know, general practitioners and things like that, we're not moving that bench Mark further in a direction that we can consider health and mortality and morbidity. And so all the stats are out there. Okay. So this is the foundation. Um, and, and when we talk about things getting missed, <clears throat> I just, um, um, I, I um, uh, took on the, um, the challenge of, of coaching uh, girls wrestling. So I'm assisting with that and I love it. I love working with, um, these young women, girls that, um, it's, it's just different than working with boys and I have two girls and i really love um how they operate because it's totally different it's a challenge for me to kind of understand them how they operate what they're into and 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 so i love it and i love to see the wins i love to see the losses i love to see um, the frustrations um, that come with wrestling because wrestling is just one of these life sports it teaches you discipline it teaches you um, how to deal with emotions. And so we go through all these things on a tournament. We go through all through these things, um, on a day-to-day basis. And, um, it, it's just, it's fascinating to me. I love, I love people. I love communications. I love, uh, all of these types of things. So I jump into there. We had an incident where one of our wrestlers, um, hit her, um, hit her head, um, specifically right on the eye and, um, my training in um, ophthalmology and <laughs> eyes is as as um um you can imagine as a chiropractor is there, but not at the level of ophthalmologist and, and or optometrist, even. That's not my skill set, obviously, and it wouldn't be my scope of practice, so I don't deal with those things. But I, I know enough to recognize this. And this is where I'm saying like healthcare is is dramatically failing and changing at the same time. Um it's failing, but in that failure, we should see um an evolution we should see the the marketplace start to pick up and 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 solve some of these issues which is what i'm going to talk to you uh, about today Um, this introduction going about 20 minutes to lay foundation for this but i think we're doing an okay job so well, what transpires is she's got these floaters, that, and I, I ask specific questions, like, tell me what's going on. She goes, yeah, it just feels weird. I'm like, are you seeing any floaters? Like little white speckly things on the side. And she's like, yeah, it's kind of over here. It's like a cloud. And I'm like, okay, these are statements that usually go with a retinal detachment. So I'm trained in um, athletic training. I go back and, and of course, know a little bit in um, uh, my chiropractic model, which wasn't sports specific, but we know, uh, hey, if we take a blunt trauma to um to the eye itself that's a concern but also you know uh, pain and tenderness on the zygomatic arch could be a blowout fracture um hit uh, the way she got hit maybe um it could be but not likely but oh man there's a lot of tenderness and then on top of these white floaters i got this this kind of cloud so i do periphery on her I'm like tell me where you can see and then boom she's got about 25% vision loss so i said look you're not wrestling she goes why I go, because here's my thoughts. You might have a retinal detachment, and that's a major concern because I don't want you to lose your vision. Um, this weekend's wrestling tournament is not worth it. So let's be, let's be careful with this. Let's make a couple phone calls. See on a Thursday evening after practice, leaving Friday morning um, for wrestling tournament, can you get a um, doctor to look at you? And um, so I make some phone calls, nothing comes through. Um, she makes some phone calls. moms make some phone calls. They get in an emergency visit and get cleared. So um, I get a text that night and said, hey, I got cleared, I got some eye drops to just scratch. I said, awesome, pack your bags, let's go wrestle and let's have a good weekend. So we go out to the wrestling tournament next morning. Um, we drive uh, drive to a city, local neighboring city. Uh, it's about a four-hour bus ride for them. And uh, we show up, weigh in, do all the things, get get ready to go. And uh, first, uh, first match for this young lady, she's like, yeah, I went okay, but my eye. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I just uh how's your vision well nothing changed there but it just feels weird like the pressure's weird she's like it's just uh it's just off and i'm like okay well we need to watch it but you got cleared so we're okay right And she's like yeah yeah second match and she's like yeah it's it got worse and i go what do you mean worse and she's like i just i'm not seeing right and i'm like okay so periphery and now it's like half the eye and i'm like okay So you got cleared, but I'm still coming back to the potential of this retinal detachment. I said, "Um, I I don't know what you wanna do, um, but my suggestion is, again, this is not worth it. Something doesn't seem right to me. It's like, I think we just scratch you. Um, She had three more matches to go, and she's just like, yeah, I guess. And then just frustrated because you got to sit on the sidelines. You got to cheer your teammates on and and you don't get to wrestle. So you don't get to participate for a young, young gal. This is really important. Well, the next day she gets into uh, the university and um, gets an ophthalmologist look at it. And uh, half of her retina had been detached. And so I had to talk to her and her mom about this, that like if it is, the surgeries are incredible. There's like no pain receptors on the backside of the eye and they literally t- shoot a laser and literally glue the retina back on. It's incredible. It's easy. Um, it's probably expensive. I don't know the cost of it, but I, it's life-changing life because you're going to save that eye. And so um, anyways, talk, talk with her this morning. She's like, yeah, I got the surgery done on Sunday. I said, so you did go based on what we talked about? And she's like, yeah. And then the gal was like, she shook her head. She's like, you shouldn't have been wrestling. And um, bottom line, um, the half of the retina was peeling off. And if you would have gone much longer, that retina would have detached. But see, this is this is what ensues. Okay, um, traditionally, um, a, a good look at that would have caught that and shut that down, and we get the referral. But things get missed, and and I'm using this as an example for you to see, doctor, and people that are listening to this in the in the general public, um, that um, uh, an integrated approach where you have multiple doctors looking at multiple different avenues is so, 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 so important nowadays, because, and this is not a doctor's fault, so to speak, yes, and we can make a case that somebody missed something, and I'm not going to go there, um, even though the um, ophthalmologist that did, uh, um, did the surgery was all over that. She was like, I can't believe this, and, and we can go down that path, but it doesn't really matter as much as the as aspect of, of, of an integrated approach and how that can see a condition from multiple different angles and with the evolution of um with uh, the evolution of uh, artificial intelligence i i said this when this first came out i said can you imagine what this is going to do for diagnostics because you literally have a partner in ai that's going to evolve it's going to no doubt doctors be part of a software program that if you put in um, certain orthopedic tests, it's going to uh, orthopedic or neurological tests, it's going to give you the top five, six, seven, eight different conditions. You're still going to have to weigh in and make your clinical decision on what this could be, but it's going to change the game. It's almost like having another doctor and you guys are a team of doctors that you're just going to like, hey, all right, this is what I got. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? How can we approach this? But on the flip side, um, where where an integrated approach comes from is, yes, the the consortium of working together on these things, but also on the flip side of multiple treatment angles. And I love this for a patient in the fact that they are able then to make a decision, an educated decision on which direction I wanna go. So yes, I want alternative therapies. I don't wanna do traditional medicine. Okay, so then here's your options on this. Here's what you need to do. Here's how we execute it. Here's our checkpoints. Here's how we follow up. Here's the objective measures that we use And we should see improvements. If we don't see improvements, then we can progress to a different treatment option. And I've said this uh, so many times before, what a beautiful model. And this has been a passion of mine to help evolve a model of conservative first. Let's look at your sleep. Let's look at your person. Let's look at your diet. Let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at the stress loads that you're carrying. And if there are some components that weigh in on these and we can help you, i.e., we get you some herbal adaptogens and help your body adapt to stress. We look mechanically at your, your spine, make sure everything's healthy there. We look at your lifestyle, the things that you're doing, your stress loads, all of these types of things can be addressed. And then if that doesn't make some changes or if you've dug a pit so deep that we need, say, medicine or surgery, then we can execute those things. And so this is where an integrated approach often really, really shines because we can start conservative and elevate as needed. All right, I got to tell this story because uh, I grew up in a, um, uh, I have a long history a lineage of LA County Sheriff's Department, um, My grandfather was on L.A. County Sheriff's Department back when they were – their patrol vehicles was like an Army Jeep. And then we have pictures of him doing that um, when he was young. And then my dad went into L.A. County Sheriff's Department, and um, uh, they served. and They served that uh, city, those cities, and they served that state um, very well and accommodations for that as well. And um, it's just what I grew up with as a a sheriff. I want to be a sheriff. It was like the coolest coolest thing right if you have dad as a sheriff I mean, like he's got guns and belts and knives and tools and batons and it's just like a boy's dream right it's like wow like and then you play cops and robbers and you know nowadays you can't do that because the robber uh, has you know rights and you can't profile him as a robber (laughs) no I, i you i don't joke because that's probably serious but the, the concept that I was going for, my dad always talked about, and one of the things that he, um, he you know, you get those gifts from, from uh, um, your parents. And uh, one of the things he said, elevate as needed. It was one of the things he used to teach his cadets. He's like, don't come in at the top level. Like if you got an issue that's going on, it's not like you come in yelling, screaming with all the force that you have. He says you elevate as needed. And it really stuck with me as far as healthcare goes is elevate as needed. Does that make sense? Meaning that why start with like the surgeries and the risky medications as the last ditch efforts, which they really are, You start cutting stuff out and, and putting stuff back in. Why don't we elevate as needed? Why don't we start with the more conservative approach? Okay, somebody's got, for instance, RA. I mean, it's been proven time and time again, you heal the gut. And give some people some lifestyle change, some stress, manage it, that gut can heal. The gut heals, the joints don't become inflamed, and you can literally reverse a lot of the inflammatory arthritis. Okay, this is one example. But why go to methotrexate or a lot of the immune suppressant drugs, you know, steroids and immune suppressant drugs when we can start here? I mean, it's equivalent to the sheriff's department walking out you on know, a traffic stop, ripping somebody out of a car and beating, beating the living daylights out of them and then telling them, like, hey, this is why I beat on you is because you are, are speedy. No, 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 no. no. We, we elevate as needed. Now, uh, you know, that same situation we pull somebody over, I guess, if you will, and say, hey, I pulled you over because you're speeding and the person's, you know, um, drunk. Maybe they're high. Maybe they got issues. They're swerving all over the place and they got a gun in their lap. Okay, now we got to elevate. Okay, it heightens the situation. But in healthcare, it should be that same type of thing. Hey, we're just pulling you over right now. All right, you got pulled over because you got some of these symptoms going on. Let's look at these symptoms or warning signs. We want to be able to, um, to help you with that. And so we will run some blood work. We maybe um, do some um, respiratory work like spirometry and we learn what systems are not working well and, and where you may be off. And then we, we start to execute those systems. Um, with natural um uh, and effective and and conservative with 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 high benefit and low risk, so we start high benefit low risk and then move to high risk and low benefit and i i shouldn't say low benefit in the aspects that that they are you know there's it's high risk and the benefits are sometimes a little risky okay i shouldn't say risky because it's high risk and the benefits are just like they're yet to be seen, should I say. Yeah, and, and I come from a, a standpoint, a, as a spine expert, we talk about this in spine surgeries, and um, the good neurosurgeons and orthopedic surgeons that specialize in back will, will back me up on this in the aspects of like 50% of the surgeries have some, some sort of major complication go on in back surgeries. All right, that's nicking a nerve. We have some paralysis. We have some permanent um, paresthesias, you know, numbness and tingling. The list goes on. And the 90% still have the same pain, which drove them to the back surgery. Okay, so the benefits are just, mm, they're very, the possibility of getting benefits out of a surgery like that um, are, are, are very slim in that instance. Now, on the flip side, I've seen people get a knee replacement and they think it's the greatest thing ever. I get that. Okay. But if a joint has gone too far, too long, it's and the quality of life is gone. We can see some, some miraculous stuff happen. Okay. But that joint should have been intervened in. And I hear this a lot of time. If we talk about regenerative medicine, we see, hear this all the time from the medical community. That's like, look, yeah, the joints, you know, it's lost half of its joint space. There's some arthritic changes in there. You know, I'd just give it some time. We'll watch it. And then you're eventually just going to have to have surgery. Now on a, integrated approach the integrated approach is going to say look you got some some mechanisms that's going on that yes you've done some damage to it and it's starting this degenerative process why don't we work on some lifestyle changes we'll, we'll talk about what you're putting in your stomach that influences that joint um and and then we can make some changes on those things we can actually do some natural procedures that we know um i just did a podcast with dr corth um uh, Buzz, last week, uh, last week, it was the last week, um, and if you haven't listened on the advanced uh, platelet-rich plasma, the PRP uh, with A2M in it, it's phenomenal. Stops the proteases, stops the cytokines. And so we have this technology that's out there. Even peptides like BPC-157 have an incredible impact on those, those aspects of, of, of the degenerative process where we know now that that degenerative process could be stopped Okay, so conservative first. We're not just going to wait and watch for this thing and, and like, hey, let's schedule your surgery, you know, two years from now, because it's just going to go there. How about we do some things to be able to conservative approaches? So start conservative and elevate as needed. That's my, that's my take home for you today. All right, but we got to cover these four myths that, that come about um, with an integrated approach. So again, full circle, I'm just laying a foundation. Took 30 minutes to lay a foundation for you as to why this integrated approach is needed. And necessary. And then we're going to need to go into how to execute this. Okay. So, if you're a chiropractor or naturopath that wants to elevate, naturopaths have different um, criteria on different states. They can actually do some things like Washington naturopaths have prescribing rights. They can do all those states of things. Um, so, those doctors need to consider integrating with a chiropractor, integrating with a functional nutritionist or, or some of its alternative uh, nutrition, um, maybe even um, integrating with a medical doctor. Um, if you're a chiropractor and you need to, your scope of practice is going to keep you within spine, diagnostics to spine, treatment to spine, um, and joints and, and, and uh, nutrition. Um, but are there things in medicine that fall under the medicine scope medicinal scope like peptides and IV nutrition, regenerative medicine that are going to be super beneficial, that have a natural flair and stay with the philosophy of chiropractic, which is allowing the body to heal, not intervening and chemically altering the body, but allowing the body to heal um, that fits with that philosophy that you can integrate in and, and be able to offer those services um, to the people that you work with on a daily basis. This is the concept of an integrated approach. Okay. So the myth though, and the number one myth that I I I hear from doctors that don't want to, they just want to stay in their box, make, it, make a make a good living, not rock the boat or anything like that uh, um, is cost. They look at like, well, what is it going to take to bring on a medical team? Um, as a chiropractor, I I navigated this, what does it take to bring on a medical team? Well, you know, what <clears throat> what does that look like on a month to month basis? You know, um am I going to have to pay them lots of money and all these types of things so um it is a myth um I will tell you when we integrated I asked around and got a nurse practitioner she's a beautiful nurse practitioner um I say beautiful in the aspects of her heart and her mind and wanting to serve people um she was in OB um and doing um um OBGYN so she was doing delivery um, but she had benefited from some of the services that we want to bring, which, which was IV nutrition and major auto hemotherapy, which is ozone in the blood. And um she's like, would your community, our community needs this. So she was willing to do oversight for a very nominal fee, just oversight. And part of that for me was uh setting up the structure. Um, but we looked at it and said, look, if we can structure this and um and narrow it down that maybe you spend four hours. week with us reviewing some of the cases um looking at the cases um making your recommendations we feed you all the data so we do that diagnostics and in our office we do like um um, a live blood analysis and then that live blood analysis we hand over um as an objective measure um of course a full exam they're just multiple components that bring in together and say look here and then sometimes she'd come back to me and say hey what do you think's going on and i go well okay, here's my, here's my take on it. And, um, this is what I would recommend. And she'd say, absolutely. And then let's do this flare too. And I'm like, cool. So as a team, we work together. Now we paid her, um, uh, to the tune of about $2,000 a month for four hours a week to do the medical oversight. Okay. So the myth is that it can cost a lot medical oversight. There are many, many great doctors out, out there that are willing to look at these things, um, for you, and um uh to be able to um help you be able to integrate these services just with uh, like I said four hours a week, and a lot of my conversations when when we talk to doctors is like um or bringing somebody on our team and like, would you want to be involved with getting sick people well?" Um, number one and two, um, um, just doing about four to six hours a week of just medical oversight, where everything's bundled up, handed to you. We have a team that will help you walk, walk through this stuff, look at this stuff. You sign off where you're comfortable signing off on these things, and then the patient gets to um, have the execution of of whatever uh, uh, regime that uh, that is put forth. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be open to that. Cool now there's there's growing um, situations too growing um, um, businesses if you will that are that are getting doctors and then you can literally just get into a website and and uh, they interview and you interview and you can get medical oversight so it's becoming very 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 commonplace um, but um I immediately um, everything that we put in to get i v services going um, um, get the equipment that we needed, everything down to the products list and uh, um, the IVs literally ready to, um, um, to, to do a set in somebody's arm and infuse these amazing nutrients in there, including the ozone generator. Um, we had made that money back within the first two weeks of our launch of this. So the cost is negligible. And in fact, it could be um, quite the opposite and very, very lucrative. Um, um, when you're offering these services to people, okay? And so the cost is a myth that we have to just you know X out on these when we can show you exactly how to do um, an integrated approach where you're bringing a team together. So oftentimes um, doctors will look at this, chiropractors mainly, naturopaths as well, I've talked to, and even medical doctors are like, I don't even know how to integrate all these things, a two-way street that we're talking about here. Um, Doesn't have to be costly. If there's a partnership that can be done, it's a lot easier. And some states have that um, where um, you can partner with a medical doctor. Medical doctor can partner with a non-medical doctor. Um, um, But there's also some states that have a prohibition of medical corporations. And those are things that we have to navigate through. And I've got a Ph.D., in this um, um, prohibition medical corporations, and I'll explain that story at some time. Um, but <laughs> literally, have gone through and gotten a PhD in understanding it at a level that I didn't want to understand it, um, but forced to understand it on on different issues that um, uh, that came up, and um, hired legal teams to to integrate all these these components, and um, it was done well. It was done well. It was done right. Um, it it wasn't done perfect. And in, in law, as you guys know, nothing is ever ever perfect because there's an interpretation that could be looked at when it's under the microscope. Some person could say, Hey, this, and the other one, that's how legal issues start to develop. Okay. But there's ways to navigate through this that are, are, are tried and true. They're honest, they're straightforward. And they're for the people, not the, the doctors benefiting and, and taking a lot of money and, uh, duping the public. Okay, so number one, cost has to be uh, um, uh, has to be scratched off the list, no doubt. As as a um, well put on the list as a myth, but scratched off as as far as when we look at the truce of of, of overall costs, um, um, the cost to benefit ratio, benefits for the people um, that you're treating, the value that goes up, but then then. Um, the cash flow that it brings into a corporation um, definitely outweighs any of the costs that you invest in that. Number two is I touched on um, briefly is the legal aspect of it. Um, the legal aspect, people are like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to get this started. And how do I form corporations? What would that corporation look like? Well, isn't there start laws? Isn't there? Um, isn't there again prohibitions? of medical corporations. And state by state, it varies. But a lot of people get into this like, oh, and then referrals and how do we handle referrals? And aren't the doctors only supposed to benefit like equally? There's a lot of questions. And um, a lot of those questions become myths. Um, that until somebody would investigate this and ask all these questions and figure this out, that it becomes this overwhelming thing that I would never want to do that because of the legal implications of that. And uh, I don't even want to deal with it versus, I, again, the flip side is um, being able to use, and this is what I've helped doctors do. I'm like, look, here's the legal data. I've even, um, we've shared it with some that I work with and say, hey, get this to a, a, your state. Um, specific attorney that they can go through as, as an adaptive to the state and make sure but it's a it's a model that works now what do I say a model that works? Well I, I asked the question at one point i'm like, how do hospitals do this? And people are like what do you mean well I, so hospitals hire medical doctors, do they not? Well yeah, they do and they have a, a well a hospital is a managed care organization I found out Okay. So managed care organization provides what? They provide staffing, the hiring, the HR, you may be product ordering, marketing, advertising. They provide all these types of things. And so they become this managed care organization. So that managed care organization then has a contract with the provider to say, hey, we're for management for you gonna provide all these things. So you can focus clinically. All right. And clinically you get to do what you want to do. And there's an agreement between those two entities that allows us to be um, legally, legally joined in a way, okay? Now, there's some ins and outs of this. Um, There are some accounting issues um, that have to be navigated. It's not that hard. So again, when we talk about a myth, being like, legally, it's going to cost way too much money. It exposes us way too much. Um, and I'm going to get in trouble if we do these types of things because of stark laws or, you know, um, other referral mechanisms. I'm just not willing to do that. Totally not true. Okay. Um, uh, totally not true. And I've been through some, some legal issues with it, and we've learned a lot as we go. Um, and, but there is a right way to do this just like the hospitals do. So again, the hospitals are no different than a smaller corporation that wants to get a group of doctors together for the betterment of the human condition to be able to hit different um, um, diseases and conditions with these people from different angles. Um, uh, The hospital does that, right? The hospital or even small urgent care clinics and, and things like that will incorporate and have these agreements. Um, doctors are traditionally not good at managing a lot of these things, right? I don't, and, and I do that even though I've stepped into this for, for the nectar as a management um, agency, if you will, or manager, CEO that oversees all these types of things. I find I put like, I, 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 it takes away from my clinical skills. No, it doesn't. All right. That's another myth that we're, we're going to, we're going to talk about, but it's, it's the stuff that I'm doing as a small business owner. Anyways, every chiropractor knows that, that you don't get to step into a hospital And start like, you know, at $150,000 a year working in a hospital. It just, you got to start your own clinic or you go work for another clinic um, and you're in a small environment, okay? Um, So you're learning marketing, you're learning advertising, you're learning um, HR, you're learning how to manage people, staff, hiring, firing, all those types of things are just what you do anyways, right? So why not just put that in, in place and do it for a bigger group? Okay, and that's the concept when it comes to, um, 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 you know, making sure the legal is all there and becoming CEO of the business as well. Now, um, the other the other myth that I um that I want to cover is that that's number three. So we have one number one is cost, number two is legal, number three. Oftentimes I hear this. Well, is this going to create a lot more work for me? And that's the, that's the integrated approach that I was talking about. A lot of times um, you can bring people in that manage uh, some of these things if, if the practice will allow and it's busy enough that you hire people to do a lot of these things. So you hire people to do some of your marketing. They're setting appointments. You have staff that are already doing these things anyways. Staff that are scheduling, rescheduling, reaching out. Systems and processes oftentimes that already exist in a clinic or clinic operation can be utilized for this, for the management of a growing team, an integrated team. Okay? So does that necessarily mean more work? Not at all. Maybe. Maybe you're managing um um personalities a little bit more. And so choosing wisely on the team that you bring together. Um, you want to make sure that um uh, these people are um you know progressive forward thinking not high maintenance type of concept but that goes with anything doesn't it? Um so in, in the aspect of for a lot of clinicians that I talk to, they're already doing the work. It, it literally is. Payroll is already being run and it's just adding one more to the payroll or a couple more to the payroll. Products are already being ordered It's just putting a system in place to allow our team to order that product on a regular basis. It is really no more work than what oftentimes I find clinics are already doing anyways. Okay? So that's number three that it's going to co- uh, take a lot more work. Number four, when it comes to myths of integrated practices that uh, I, I talk to mainly chiropractors I don't see um, medical doctors, some naturopaths that I've talked to will, will kind of hint at this that, well, the current services that I do, I don't want those to be diluted. So from a chiropractor standpoint, look, I really want chiropractic to be the main thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can continue to do that. And we've done that as well. But what we've found when we started adding these services and these people were going elsewhere to get these services anyways. OK, so whether you thought it was diluting your services or not, you know, um, as far as integrated approach is, say, for instance, adding IV therapies, they would be seeking these IV therapies at another clinic if um, if you're not offering them. Now, I can make the case philosophically, what we're doing is giving vitamins and minerals to the person, allow their body to level up, get the nutrients that it needs to what boost the immune system, reduce inflammation. The list goes on and on and allows the body a chance and an opportunity to start to heal. Does that actually help with chiropractic? Absolutely. Absolutely. If I'm adjusting the spine and we can do some nutritional IVs that helps reduce the inflammatory process, is that patient getting out of pain quicker? Can they get to mobility exercises and activities sooner? Can they do some structural rehab without as much discomfort and pain and get through the process a lot sooner and quicker? Absolutely. So we're seeing that actually... Quite the contrary, the myth that that if I add all these services, people are only going to just want this. It's quite the opposite. It opens up the door for people to actually get more services that they would be running after anyways. Okay, so for instance, I'll give you an example in our office. We just had a we uh, just had a took a a, a gal through um, a knee protocol, and so she's suffering with this massive knee pain, and uh, come in and I said, "Look, your back's out of alignment." And it should be over here. This is where it's at. And we have some, uh, you have some muscle imbalances that are going on. What do you mean? Well, hamstrings, you say, oh my gosh, yeah, my hamstrings. Okay, because of this structural position, then we're measuring a short leg. Okay, and that short leg is likely why over the years, this knee has been taking the brunt end of of everything here. And so it's caused some degenerative changes. So we're going to implement, if you so choose, some protocols to be able to change your spine back in a healthy uh, uh, position. Help with the muscle imbalances. Start to balance everything out. Okay, we're going to actually put a lift in there. Balance the pelvis out. Take some pressure off that knee. And oh, by the way, because of the degenerative process, we're going to do this new PRP with A2M, this protein, the largest protein um, in our body manufactured by the liver that has now been shown to reduce cytokines and, and um, proteases and stop the degenerative process. You okay with that? Yes, this is the integrated approach. We're not just stuffing steroids in the knee and wait and watch for it to get worse. We're actually doing something under a medical umbrella, meaning executed by our medical team that's gonna benefit and then we're supporting it with the chiropractic. Do you see this link? okay. Now, naturopath may be looking along the lines, depending on the state that you work in, that, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm supporting it with some um, AIP diets. Maybe we're doing anti-inflammatory stuff. We're adding some herbs to these things, and we do this in chiropractic as well, but we're adding some herbs. We may do, um, you know, specifically some IVs from, for um, uh, one of my most exciting IVs that we're bringing in is uh, turmeric, Huge anti-inflammatory components to it. All right, but then maybe we're hitting some of the other systems, making sure the gut's back on track um, and and healing so that joint doesn't become as inflamed. Um, we're not in a con- chronic inflammation, so reducing that inflammatory process. And then um, and doing some lifestyle changes, maybe uh, teaching them how to do some stress management. And on top of this, we're talking about a knee issue. That in general, maybe the person came to their knee and you're fixing the back, and it wouldn't have helped with the knee all the way, even though it would have supported So they're going to run off to their medical doctor and get the knee injection, okay, and get the knee injection, and then maybe discontinue your services because their knee feels better and they don't see that versus everything in one house, so to speak, all right, where you're integrating the services that they need and being able to elevate that experience in your office, but also improve the human condition holistically, okay, where it's not you're just addressing a knee. We're addressing the entire body. And this is why moving into 2024, the integrated practice has to be has to be on your mind. It has to be something that you're getting, you're sitting down with a pad uh, of paper and writing through this and saying, how can I make this work? Because it is the practice of the future. It is the practice that medical doctors are starting to um, develop and look at it's the practice that chiropractors are saying hey I can actually integrate these things and develop naturopaths are looking at joining a team developing a team of integrated approach where we can hit it from different angles so the benefits start conservative elevate as necessary but the benefits start to go exponentially up for the for the patient okay and then the doctors get to see on the other side of like, hey, patients aren't frustrated that I'm always getting medicine or they don't have um, uh, options. They don't have X, Y, Z. Okay. So we're elevating the game as far as an integrated approach, holistic approach, and the natural approach. And then we elevate as needed. Do you get this? Okay. So the top three or top four myths that I hear is cost. We negate negated that aspect of it. Um, and specifically in our our, our um, uh, integrated practice, we were able to actually see that turnaround within a couple of weeks. And the investment that we did, very minimal investment, high return, high value, high benefit to the patient. Okay. Number two, the legal aspects—it has to be navigated, but you want to navigate it, bundle it up in such a way that it's right, meaning that the legal counsel that you get is correct to set you up whether you're in a prohibition state of medical corporations or not, that that corporation is set up for the protection of the people, one, and then the doctors, two, easy to do. Number three, it's not gonna take you more work because likely you're already doing, if you're in private practice, you're already doing all this. It's just adding a couple components to it and we can walk you down this pathway. Okay, and number four, this is going to dilute the services that you do. People are not going to be like, again, this is what I worried about too. Add this same myth. I'm like, well, yeah, but people aren't going to value chiropractic. What we saw was people starting to value chiropractic more and then valued me as a doctor as part of their integrated team. Like, doc, I know you do all this other stuff. I'm like, well, our medical team does it. But then I became the go-to person. Like, what do you have for this? because I don't want to go over here and get this. Do you guys have, I'm like, yes, actually. Here, let's set you up with and talk about these, these avenues, okay? So the top four myths of an integrated practice are very, very, very easy to overcome, okay? So doctors, if you are concerned about an integrated practice, hopefully this podcast laid a foundation for you to not only explore that. And I am open to conversation. You can find me all over Facebook. and Instagram. Easiest way to message me, you can email me, Dr. Todd at Dr. Todd Wendell, W E N D E L L, at gmail.com. You can message me on Facebook, Instagram, I'm communicating there as well. If you want to have a deeper conversation of how um, uh, we've helped many doctors integrate and navigate through some of these and dispel these myths. If you're a patient, general public, you should be looking for an integrated pr- practice like the Nectar. Somebody that is taking a holistic and natural, conservative, elevated as needed approach to your overall health. As always, that's all I got for you on this podcast. Lessons with Legends, The Nectar Blueprint, and Love and Light. We'll talk to you next week.